0: Let's get all the Lord a hand clap of praise, hallelujah! Hey, praise God! Like, make some noise for the band, real quick. These guys are killing. Y'all, make some noise for the band. Come on! So today, I wanted to, you know, the Lord, me and Tammy actually just went on this pastoral retreat at Wind Shape, which is Chick Fil A's. Retreat property. How many of y'all like Chick-fil-A? Just say yeah. You know, God's chicken. You know what I'm talking about? God's chicken. So me and Tammy went on this retreat at this place called Wind Shape. And it's like Chick-fil-A on steroids. And, you know, I'm moving a little slow today. and I wanted to tell you why. Because they fed us breakfast, lunch, and dinner four days in a row. Some of you are like, so what? We eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, let, let me... Let me tell you how this went down. Breakfast was at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Am I right? 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And it's like there's chefs making breakfast. And it was like grits and eggs and the best part about it. And, and can I get an Amen? Man, y'all know what I'm talking about thick, crispy God's bake. I mean, it was there we go, there we go. And then it had the best biscuits and gravy you could ever have. And so Tammy's like, when we first got there, Tammy said something. And, you know, I I didn't listen to her. She said, Scott, you have to pace yourself when you're eating. But I I, I was like, I mean, it's like you could just keep going back up and up. And, and Pastor Phil, the best biscuits and gravy a man has ever had in their life. Made by... Chick-fil-A, a.k.a. God himself. And then two hours later, they're like, you guys got to get ready because we're about to have lunch. And so I thought I would be good. I'd go to lunch and, you know, not not eat that much. But they had this banging salad and cold cuts. And I'm like, I got to just, how many of y'all like me? You actually just got to try a little bit of everything. So I had
1: some lunch. And then I started to feel bad because I'm like, man, I'm just, I ate too. That looked like mac and cheese and tasted like mac and cheese,
0: but it was squash. So I'm like, it's squash. It's got to be good for you. So your boy got two, three, four servings of that. And then you wake up in the morning already full. You ever done that before? Woke up in the morning full, and guess what? Time for breakfast. (laughs) By the third day, I told my wife, I said, you know what, baby? Today, for lunch, I'll eat breakfast for dinner. You know what I'm talking about? Any breakfast for dinner people in the house?
1: And so I couldn't couldn't. and then it must have been a prophetic thought because that night they had
0: ribs. Me and Tammy, listen, me and Tammy walked by the kitchen before before dinner and out back they had this, you ever seen those big smokers? Any barbecue people? I know Rob's a barbecue person. And they had this this big thing that were smoking. I don't know what they were smoking, but I knew it was meat. We got any meat lovers like in here? Like you, you just go in on some barbecue. And so I said, okay, I'm not eating lunch, and I'm
1: going to go in for dinner. And they started serving. Had like a Korean barbecue sauce on them so they were sweet and tangy. It would be fire if we were like, hey, and guess what, free ribs for everybody.
0: No, I'm joking. (laughs) Why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that to say that there was a process literally every day that you knew what was going to happen at what time. You knew you were going to get, to get fed, and you knew that the food was going to be banging. Say banging. The food was going to be banging. But you had to realize that unless you wanted to make yourself sick like me, you had to, you had to as Tammy says, pace yourself pace yourself, right? Because sometimes in life, what we do is we run hard. You run full speed ahead and eventually you wear yourself out and you grow tired. Say tired. Some of us today are tired spiritually. Some of us are tired mentally. Some of us are tired physically because we've been running 100 miles an hour. And so what me and Tammy did was go away for this retreat for four days and allowed other people to pour into us and they literally told us this they told us this they said listen we don't want you to do anything this week all we want you to do is be and for me let me just be real with y'all and transparent with y'all it was hard for me to turn it off i know what i'm talking about it's hard to sometimes turn it off and so i had to lead the prayer. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. All I need to do is eat in Jesus' name. And I had to learn how to go through the process. I had to learn how to pace myself. And so as I was praying this week, the Lord took me all the way to back to Exodus, the book of Exodus, second book in the Bible, if you're looking for it, Genesis, Exodus. And it's the story of the Israelites The Israelites were slaves, and they were in captivity to Pharaoh and his army in Egypt, and God rose up a man by the name of Moses. Y'all know Moses? And I want to encourage you, we're not going to read the whole story today, but I want to encourage you to write this down and read it later on tonight, or read it when you get time. It comes from Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, all the way through the next chapter, of fourteen, you can start in seventeen and read all the way to fourteen. The book of fourteenth book and all the way to the end of that chapter. And basically, I'm gonna paraphrase it: Moses was hidden by his
1: parents to the point where they were killed. His daughter raised this man named Moses. And Moses was
0: the man that God used to free his children, the Israelites. Now, I want to take this whole story and I wanted to compare it. I want to bring out some lessons that we could learn about the process of how God used Moses is the same process as how God can use us in Jesus' name. And so he raised up this man named Moses to come against Egypt, to come against The God of this world, in a sense. I'm going to use it for modern-day terms. God raised Moses up to come against and free his children. And just like God will raise you up and God will raise me up. And so eventually, Pharaoh let the people go through a series of events that we call the
1: Ten Plagues. Finally... And they went, the Bible says that they went the
0: way through the desert instead of a different direction. Because the reason why they sent them through the desert, listen to this, is because if they would have sent them the other direction through the cities, there would have been a war. And God knew if there was a war, his children would turn back and go to Egypt. Because sometimes when it gets really hard, what do we do? We turn back old nature our old ways. And so God said, I'm going to send you the easier route. So he went the easier route, which is the longer
1: route. At a sea called the Red Sea. And Pharaoh knew
0: about it. They're like, oh, these guys are at a dead end. What we need to do is send our... The best 600 chariots, that's like the best 600 tanks and Apache helicopters in 2022. Send them out, and I want you to get all the Israelites back, because we lost all of our best workers. This is what Pharaoh said, you can read 13 and 14. And so he sent the best 600 chariots. He sent his army out to get the Israelites back. And what happened? We know that God sent a cloud by day that was guiding the Israelites through the desert and fire by night. What did the cloud do? The cloud protected them from the heat of the day. The fire protected them from the cold of the night. And so when the the army finally caught up to the Israelites, it says that they were at the fork in the road. They were at a place that they didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. And God. Stretch out your hand. Have faith and stretch out your hand. And so he split the Red Sea.
1: And then the army followed him and God swallowed them up. Every single one of them. And so I wanted you to connect this story. And what lessons can be
0: learned from reading about our process and our journey in life? And the first point I wanted to make is that the whole story starts with deliverance. It really does. This whole story starts with deliverance. My story, your story starts with deliverance. God from the power of death, hell, destruction, in the grave. Amen. We are not the same people that we used to be. God did something in my life
1: and radically changed my life. And if you haven't experienced that yet, delivered from my old ways, delivered
0: from sin, past, present, and future. That's the beautiful thing. That God still delivers through his son, Jesus. This is a visual story of God's deliverance on his children. We can see it firsthand when we read Exodus 13. And he did the same thing for me, and he does the same thing for you. We got to remember that they never would have been on this journey if God had never delivered them. They would have never seen the miracles that God did if God didn't deliver them first. And it got hard on the journey. It really did. It, it gets hard. How many of y'all say, you know what, it gets hard on the journey sometimes. Right? It, it's hard to sometimes walk this thing out. Sometimes, like, I slip and I stumble. And sometimes, like, the enemy will speak to me in my mind. And the same thing he did with them. And at one point, they said that it was better in Egypt. And I'll just be real with y'all, even as your pastor. Sometimes I get these thoughts like, man, I had it better before. At least there was leeks and honey, they said in the scripture. At least there was all of these. At least it was a buffet at Chick-fil-A Windshade. And now in my real life, you know what I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have it like that. And sometimes in our minds we think it's, we had it better before. We had more fun before. I was able to do what I want before. Maybe that's some of our thinking in this room. But this whole story, our story, starts with the God who delivered us. And the same goes for every single person in this room. We would never have the privilege to be on this journey with God if we were still in captivity of this world.
1: We really wouldn't even have this privilege to be here today. Like, why would I even... powerless christ
0: died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die but god demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were yet sinners christ died for us since we've now been his blood how much more shall we be saved from god's wrath through him for if we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Now, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we now have received reconciliation. God loved us even when we didn't love him. God loves your neighbor, even though your neighbor don't love him. God loves the person you work with that you can't stand. Seriously, think about your greatest enemy. Maybe some of us don't have enemies, but we have people we don't like. Let's just be real. Think about the the person you really don't like. Think about the person that really did you wrong in life. Think about that person for a second. Do you know that God loves that person just as much as he loves you? Just as much. Not like halfway, not a little bit, not more. It's just as much as he loves you. He loves that person. God loved us even when we didn't love him. God loved us even though we didn't deserve it. All while we were in a sense, enemies of him. We didn't even know him. Some of us didn't like him at one point. Some of us were in the church but not really in relationship with him. Yeah. yeah. We didn't like him because we felt like he was full of rules and regulations and we couldn't be ourselves. But thank God for his deliverance. Amen. He even delivered us from religious spirits. What a great God that we serve, that he would deliver me and you. Amen? In Romans 6, I think it's verse 17, it says that we're no longer slaves of sin. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They were forced to be slaves of sin. We have been freed from the power of sin. Through Jesus and what he did on the cross, and that he rose from the dead. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter. And the reason why we celebrate Easter is because Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He has rose from the
1: dead for our deliverance. And so that we can be in right relationship with the dust of the earth, that our spirit man will live forever eternally with him.
0: This is good news. And he wants this for all humanity because the the scripture says he wishes that none perish apart from him. Now, I don't know what you you think about none, but that's zero, zero, not one human being he wishes that perish apart from him. Why? Because he loves them so much that he would send his son just for them. So the process starts with deliverance. The second lesson that, that, that I pulled out from this story is it proceeds with faith. So first he delivers us, and then we got to have this little thing called faith. Say faith. The first step on our journey with God is marked by faith. We believe by faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. Just like the Israelites, we can't see the road ahead in life. We can't see what next year holds. Some of us can't even see what tomorrow holds. Some of us are in situations where we don't know what next week holds. The Israelites were walking. They left everything they knew. Yes, it was captivity. Yes, it was slavery. But they walked on this journey not knowing where nothing was going to come from. They didn't even know where food was going to come from. They didn't know where water was going to come from. They didn't know where they were going to sleep. Every day was something brand new. And we, some of us, just started walking with him. Trusting that he's going to lead us and direct us. Trusting that whatever's around the corner in the next season, God already knows and God already has us. I want to read Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 23. And I want you to notice that it was faith in God that kept Moses on the journey with God. I read this just the other day, and I've read this many times. And for some reason, this just jumped out at me. And I I pray it jumps out at you today. Hebrews 11, starting in 23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw he wasn't an ordinary child. And I want to tell you today, I want to pause right there for a second. I want to tell you that you are not an ordinary man. You are not an ordinary woman. You're not. You're special, you're holy, you're set apart for God's work and God's purpose. That's the reason why you are alive. He was not no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's commands. 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, he had refused to be identified With what he was not, with the things of this world, with Egypt, with captivity. He says, no, that's not who I am. I am not that person. Verse 25, he chose to be mistreated. What? Along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch The firstborn of Israel. Verse 29 by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to, they were drowned. Man, we got tons of great examples of men and women and even young people moving by faith. The key is we have to get moving by faith in 2022. We have to get moving by faith. Even though we don't know what tomorrow holds, we don't know what next week looks like, we don't know what 2023 looks like, but we have to start moving by faith. Check out the next, the very next chapter. Hebrews 12. Therefore, I love those words, therefore. Because they moved by faith. He says, therefore, therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what are, what, what are the, who are these great cloud of witnesses? It's the Israelites. He just got done sharing the story by faith how they moved. By faith how Moses' parents moved. By faith how Moses moved. By faith how the Israelites moved. Now he's saying, therefore, because they moved by faith, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. There are things that are hindering our faith. There are things that are entangling us that pull us in the opposite direction of moving by faith. This word is saying let us throw off these things and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. We gotta run this race. One thing I know about running, you better pace yourself. You better better understand the process of running the race. But the, the key is this, you got to start getting in the race. You gotta start training for the race. By faith, in the name of Jesus. Let us run the race that is marked out for us. Verse two, fixing our eyes on what? Not the finish line. Not the other runners in the race, not the trophy, but fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on, somebody. To move by faith. In Jesus' name, we got to get up and start running the race. This is part of the process. We've been delivered. Now we move by faith. And the next lesson is this. When we're moving by faith, here comes the hard part. It's tested by trials. Some of us have been walking with God for a long time. And you're like, God, why am I dealing with all of these trials right now why am I dealing with all of this tribulation right now many of us have experienced this we're on the journey we're in the process we're moving by faith and all of a sudden we're being tested all of a sudden we're going through something that you're wondering why why God am I really fully submitted am I in your will Am am, am I walking in your purpose? If I'm doing that, God, why am I in this situation? We ask things like that. Even when things are good, even when things are tough, God's things to be tested. In 1 Peter 4, we see these Christians have been greatly persecuted and falsely accused of doing something that they really didn't do by this crazy, ruthless leader called Nero. In 1 Peter 4.12, it says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you, as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice in as much of you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when the glory is revealed. This is a hard word, I'll to be honest with you. This is a hard word to count it all joy when you're suffering in this world. But what I've learned is it's the crushed grape that yields the wine. We talk about new
1: wine. We talk about new wineskin. But what we... And they used to have people stomp on them. Maybe you've seen this before. Maybe you've read books about it before. And
0: and so one thing I know about being up under someone's foot that's stomping on you, it's not a fun place to be. But it's the thing that produces the new wine. And so when the testing comes, when the trials come, when the crushing comes. Because eventually you will see his glory revealed. And some of y'all have been in that season for weeks. Some of y'all have been in it for months. Some of y'all have been in it for years. But let me tell you, do not give up. You will see the glory of the Lord revealed in your life. He is producing new wine, and you can't have new wine without crushing the grape. It's tested. Our faith is tested by trials. And my last lesson of the process is this all of this stuff leads us to him it leads us to the person of jesus what's the purpose of this whole journey what's the purpose of the process the purpose is this that it leads us to his feet it leads us to the person of jesus so this is a good question to ask what's the purpose of this journey Because if we don't know why we're on this journey, we probably are not going to remain faithful when the trials and tribulations come. See, a lot of us don't even know what life is all about. Like, why am I even here? When you start to understand who you are in his kingdom and why you're alive, it's easier to stuff. Because you know that Jesus is walking with you. So what is the purpose? The purpose leads us to him. He is the purpose. In Jude 17 through 25, with great joy. It says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. For they said to you, In the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their ungodly desires. These are people who divide you. Some of y'all are thinking of people right now. You're like, man, I know know someone like that. These are people who will divide you, who will follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit of the Lord. But you and me, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt save others by snatching them from the fire to others show mercy mixed with fear hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to prevent to you his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only the god the savior be the glory majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before the ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, Jesus walks with you. Jesus is the goal. Some of us have dreams. Some of us have ambitions. Some of us have desires that we're trying to reach. But don't let our dreams and our desires become our Jesus. You hear me? Like, really? I believe God wants us to prosper. God wants us to flourish in every aspect of life. Don't, don't get this wrong. Those things can never become Jesus. They never will. They'll never fully fulfill you. When you reach those goals, there's always another goal. There's always a bigger dream. There's always someone who's doing bigger things than you. And I'm telling you, we have to walk by faith we, and, and this journey will be tested, and the process will be tested, but the whole thing leads us to the person of Jesus, and we realize that he was with us the whole time. See, when I first met the Lord, 22 years ago, I had an encounter with Jesus, and the first thing I ever heard God speak to me, it's the first thing. 12, 13, 14 years old. I sat in church services just like this. I prayed prayers. Jesus saved me. I did all, I went through all of those things. But when I was 24, I had an encounter with Jesus, totally different. I met him and he spoke to me. You know what he told me? He said, Scott, I have been pursuing you this whole time since you were 12. And I thought about a God who would pursue me away from him. What kind of love is that? That even when I was a sinner, would die for me and pursue me. And so I dedicated my whole life, I said, look, by faith to him, that doesn't make me perfect as a human being, that makes me perfect in the eyes of the Father. Because he clothes me with his glory and he clothes you with his glory. And when the Father sees you, he sees you as blameless in his sight because of what he did for you. And so no matter the journey that you're on right now of life, no matter how hard it is or how easy it is, what a good season you're in or a bad season you're in, that Jesus is with you. And he walks with you and he wants to talk to you and he wants to commune with you he wants to eat with you he wants to fellowship with you it's the whole goal of this life it's fellowship with the father and the beautiful thing about it is we are bridges like what Jesus is doing in me starts to overflow and impact other people So God will use you in a powerful way so how are you doing on this journey with God in this season. How's your journey going? How's the process going? Are you being tested? Do you have faith? Are you walking with the person of Jesus? Maybe you've been entangled by things of this world and you need deliverance once again. No matter where you're at on the journey, I know one thing. God is able, God is capable, and He wants to. He's pursuing you, He's chasing you. And He'll never stop until you stop. It's the beautiful thing about the gospel. He never stopped pursuing me. After 12 years of running, I stopped running. And so maybe you're in the building today and say, you know what? Today's the day that I'm, I'm going to stop running. Today is the day that I'm going to take off the things that have been so easily entangling me in this world. Maybe today's the day that I make him my king and not my dream.
1: Chasing the wrong thing. I've been chasing something that's in my mind versus the person. So I believe that this is the beginning of a new season
0: for every person, including myself, in this room. That we have to trust the process that God is a deliverer. We have to trust the process that we move by faith, not by sight. We have to trust the process of God testing his children. And that ultimately we walk with the person of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for real deliverance that's accessible in this room. I pray against any force that is contrary to your kingdom that has lured us away from you. You said in your word that you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So right now, in the name of Jesus, by faith, I bind up everything that is hindering our walk with Jesus. I bind it up, Lord God, any sinful thought Any addiction, anything, Father, fear, anxiety, that is holding us back from the fullness of what you want us to walk in. In Jesus' name, I command those things to be. And I pray that our faith rises up for a time such as this. That we just start to believe that you are able, that you are capable and that you love us even when we don't love ourselves. And I pray for those that are being tested that feel like it's too hard to continue the walk. I pray that your glory is starting to be revealed in their life. That he catch a small glimpse of what you're doing. Carry weight.
1: You're building them up to be a brick upon another brick. Because you're building your kingdom, God, in them and through them.
0: I pray for clarity. I pray for peace to minds that are racing, that can't get any sleep at night. May the peace of God guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, Father. And I pray for those that feel like they're in a pit. I, feel like, I pray for those that feel like they're probably far away from you because of... And I pray just like me when I was 24 years old. I pray that you reveal yourself to them they could have an encounter with the living Jesus, because you're right there with them. I pray for water from rocks. I pray for manna to just show up in their life. I pray for the splitting of the Red Sea that they're facing, on dry land, not muddy land, dry land, to make it easier on them. Because your word says that your ways are easy and your burdens are very light. Take my yoke upon you, says Jesus, and I will give you rest. So I pray for supernatural rest, Lord, right now as your peace just falls upon every person in this room, God. Rest, supernatural kingdom rest, Lord God, over our souls. Thank you for new seasons that are at hand, and if that's for you to say, Lord, I thank you for this new season you have me walking into. We believe by faith that we are men and women of the kingdom, and we rejoice in who you are—that you are King. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, we all said. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.
2: Amen. Praise God that we are delivered. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to see you guys. I am so excited. Look around, y'all. This is like beautiful, 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 beautiful. I love the diversity. I love seeing the city together in this place. So I got two announcements. Uh, One is that today is Soul Food Sunday at Georgia State University. So we have college students on campus getting some groceries, getting a soul food dinner, getting a word. And a praise report about that. Several students now have decided to get baptized. And we are hosting baptisms on Georgia State campus on Good Friday. So it is the pre-Easter bash at... Georgia State University, you are invited. So we're going to host a City Taker Experience
1: outdoor concert, and we're going to baptize people, y'all. It's beautiful.
2: interesting for the students and the work that's being done outside of Sundays. And then I want to let you know, that if you haven't connected with us, we would love for you to connect with us. Go to the Connections table. We'll send you all the information that's happening. This is just one highlight, but every week we got greater than. Every week we got Fresh Food Fridays. Every week we have a way for you to be plugged in if you would like to. And small groups are about to start, so we want to make sure you're in the system so that we can send you that information on where and when all these small groups are starting after Easter. And then talking about Easter, could you please invite somebody to Easter? We're going to have Easter remixed
1: here. You know- Because this whole place needs to be ready and full to celebrate the
2: whole hope that we have, which is a resurrected Christ. Amen? We do not serve a God that is dead, He is alive. And I love Easter because that's what it's all about. Our God lives. Our God lives. I want to shout out a mission team that we have with us United Faith Christian School from Charlotte, North Carolina. They're in the building. We're excited. They've been serving, loving our neighbors, loving. They hit the streets yesterday, and so we're really honored to have them. And they're going to be at Soul Food Sunday today and then helping with some of the stuff. They helped set up church today, y'all. It was beautiful. And then lastly, you guys, we are on our way. I mean, every day we're doing beautiful things and bigger and even more beautiful because we're on our way to ownership, you guys. We want to own a building, y'all. We are still in a lease, and we want to own, and we want you to be a part of it. We want everybody to do their part. Every little part counts. All God does is take our faithfulness and increase it. We're not asking for individual pledges or amounts. We're asking everybody to do something for us to be able to continue love, draw the city in a space that we can call our own that has our little name on there. I want finally a piece of paper that says crossover church ATL own something. Do you want to own somebody? Do you want to own somebody? Do you want to own somebody? I want us to own something. So I'm asking you, tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings, you guys. I came out here really excited, you guys. He said deliverance, and I really felt that in my soul. That whole first part of
1: deliverance got me lit today. So we're asking you to, you know, close, I wanna say, I love you, visit
2: CAFE, Say hi to somebody, and that's it. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Sunday.